0: Thanks for listening. This is Brian Hurley from Business Performance Improvement. The podcast, Lean Six Sigma Bursts, are short lessons, comments, Q&A, and insights. If you have a question, send your question through the Anchor app, and we might feature you on a future episode. Or contact me at biz-pi.com. In this episode, I wanted to talk about a question I received They asked me how to get started with Lean Six Sigma at their company, and I'm gonna try to give some generic questions that almost any business or organization can think about. I came up with 10 questions. I think it'll give you a good starting point to think about your processes, your work, and how you can look for opportunities to apply Lean and Six Sigma or process improvement to that work. First question would be, how long does it typically take for your customer to go through these processes that you have from their first contact with you until they have what they want or what they paid for and also how long before you get paid by them for delivering that product or service That kinda looks at the entire value stream from customer request all the way to customer delivery so I think you'll find if that takes a, a long time that there's opportunity within that process Second question, what parts of your process take the longest within that process? And so focusing on why it takes so long to get through there. So of your 10 or 20 step process, which process takes the longest? And that could be an opportunity to reduce the time or reduce the delays in that process. Three, do you have different processes for different types of customers in order to better meet their specific needs and expectations? Or do you have them all go through the same process? If you set up different value stream families based on the type of product or service where like products or like services go together, um, that's gonna allow you to customize for each customer type or each request that comes in. And that can really help make improvements to say, well, for this types of requests, we're gonna put it through a different process altogether. Instead of saying, well, these are all under the same general product or general service that we offer and so therefore everybody's going to be treated the same. That's going to create a lot of problems for those who have a lot of specialization. They're going to need a lot more hand-holding. For others who just have very simple requests, they're going to get caught behind these other bigger requests, more complicated requests, and that's going to cause problems for them and they're going to look elsewhere. Number four, how many projects, jobs, requests, or orders do you have in process right now? So if you look at your backlog and your inventory of work you have to do how large is that list and if it's pretty large then that means you have a process that can't keep up and deliver those those products or services quick enough and they start to pile up and back up so that can be an opportunity to look at where am I having the biggest backups Number five, how often are there mistakes and errors in the process that require someone or yourself to redo something or fix the mistake? So it looks at the quality of the process to see if there's rework and repair and redos that are taking up a lot of time. And that eats away at time you could be spending working on new requests, uh, proactive activities, things like that. Number six, what kind of negative feedback or complaints do you get from your customers? Does it take too long? Are they not sure what happens next? So they're asking a lot of questions. Is there information that's wrong or incorrect? So just look at what the feedback you're getting from your customers and try and tie that back to steps in your process that you can be uh, working on. Number seven, what do your staff or employees, if you have employees, complain about or are frustrated with? Listening to their ideas and thoughts and frustration can focus attention on those issues. And If you can help them figure out a way to work around those or fix those issues, then they're going to be much happier. And just in general, are you helping employees implement the ideas that they do come up with? So don't be a gate for them to say, we're going to implement your idea or we're not. Instead, think about how can I take their idea and help them implement their solution? So who do I need to connect them with? How do I get out of the way and facilitate them getting this thing improved? Number eight, what type of data do you have available to support these numbers above? So for all these questions that I've asked, do you have data? Because some people will say, oh yeah, we do well, or our processes are good, or we are having problems here. So in those cases, what does the data actually tell us? Is that true? Or is it our perception that it's one way or the other? And do you measure this in a database that's easy to view and extract the data and run reports on? or is it recorded manually somewhere? Maybe on a sheet of paper or on a notepad or on a whiteboard? Would you need to start collecting or go download the data to know what the real numbers are? So Maybe it's being collected you just don't have access to it or don't look at it very often. And if it's hard to measure the process, what about things like surveys or interviews and focus groups? So can you go to your customers physically if possible and see how they use your products or services and get their input and ideas right there. Number nine, are workers cross-trained and skilled at many different jobs to create better flow and to create backups for each position? One risk that a lot of businesses have is they have people who can do work that no one else can do. And when that person is gone on vacation or on holidays or maybe wants to retire someday, they don't feel like they have anyone there that can back them up and they end up not taking that time off. So it's bad for the employee with that skill and it's bad for the business to have that risk. But it's also bad for the customers when that person is gone that they gotta wait for this person to get back from vacation or get back from a day off or get back from their, va- their holiday or from their break. So that's uh, something you want to look at. And finally, number 10, what is the positive and negative impacts on the local community and on the environment for your organization? Do you provide good-paying jobs? Or are some of your employees going off and getting financial aid from the government because they can't afford to have a living wage? Do you track and look at your environmental footprint? Are you polluting into the water? Are you um, putting a lot of stuff into the landfill? Are you using energy from non-clean sources? And do you have a sustainability report where you publish the things you're doing to be good citizens and be good representatives in the community and to attract people to come work at your organization? Those could be opportunities to look at things that you're getting negative publicity on and maybe there's some opportunities to improve to get right with the local community. So once you've thought through some of these questions then the next thing I suggested was to find a gap and that's what we need to launch an improvement project is to first define the problem and that means I have to state a gap. So let's pick an example here. So let's say that you've got a problem where there's negative feedback from your customer and they're complaining about how long it takes to get something done then the thing we need to do is figure out where are we at right now? How long does it take and where does the customer want us to be? So if it takes seven days to respond and they expect two days response that's our gap. We got to close the gap from seven days down to two days. And now we have a problem we can go off and work and rally a team around to go solve that and follow the DMAIC process or go through and do a Kaizen event around. So hopefully that gives you some ideas to think about for coming up with areas you'd like to improve upon. I didn't really talk about any improvement tools. I just wanted to focus on identifying the problems and seeing the opportunities of areas in your organization where you can then go in and and improve upon. Hope you found that helpful. If you have questions, you can submit it through the Anchor app, and you can reach out through the website at B-I-Z picom dot com. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Brian Hurley spelled B-R-I-O-N. Thanks. Lean Six Sigma Definition dot com has a list of glossary items about popular process improvement terms along with the history of Lean and Six Sigma methods and key influencers like Dr. Edward Stemming, Henry Ford, Taichi Ono, Shigeo Shingo, and many more. You can also learn how to access affordable Lean and Six Sigma training and certification. Visit lean dot definitioncom